Welcome to the Deacon's Roundtable here on WSFI FM 88.5 on your dial or AM 750 or on the internet at WSFIRadio.org. Welcome. We are uh, very lucky today. got Deacon Mike here and uh, at some point Deacon Dave will be joining us. But uh, we have Brother Matthew from uh, the St. Benedict's, uh, was an abbey, now it's a priory, uh, up in Bennett Lake, Wisconsin. So Brother Matthew, welcome. Thank you so much. Good to be here. So we're going to start with a prayer that uh, Mike has been working on all month. So. <laughs> <laughs> in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's put ourselves in the presence of God, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to be with us during our discussion and grant us insights uh, to help us with our spiritual journey. Uh, this we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. So welcome, Brother Matthew. Thank you for joining us today here on WSFI, the Deacon's Roundtable. Um, you are actually the second monk I've ever known. I've never known a lot of monks in my life, Mike, but uh, I knew an Augustinian monk growing up. We had one by our house. But uh, Brother Matthew is at Bennett Lake, Wisconsin, well within the, the listening regions here at WSFI. And uh, Brother Matthew, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, sure. Um, I grew up in a town called Washington, Iowa. Uh, I attended parochial school growing up and felt the call to uh, ordain ministry at a young age. And I went to seminary at uh, Conception Seminary College in Missouri at Conception Abbey. And I spent four years there in the seminary. And after a time, I discerned that I was more called to the religious life than the diocesan life. And I uh, entered um, Conception Abbey in 2015. I've been a monk now for uh, eight years, going on nine years. And, yeah, it's been a uh, very blessed journey. Uh, I've done different things. I've, uh, I've worked in faith formation from time to time and done uh, different retreat ministry for the last five years. But I really just um, felt a, a call to prayer life and uh, the peace of monastic life. So my discernment took me from one path to another, and that's how I ended up uh, as a monk with Conception Abbey and now assigned here at uh, Bitter Lake in Wisconsin. So you were, is, was, is Conception Abbey, uh, I'm sorry, Conception College, is that only for uh, religious? Or how, how, does that, uh, how does that work? Uh, we have uh, both religious and diocesan students actually it's uh religiously run but um we mainly have uh diocesan students there so we have a balance of both but it's 90 percent diocesan and about 10 percent religious uh brother could you uh help maybe some of us distinguish when we say monk and brother and father what are the distinctions behind these? Uh, yes, that's a very uh, a good question, a good point to make. Um, in uh, the monastic life, all the members take um, the same habit and the same vows. So um, a brother and a priest will do different things, but a priest is uh, essentially someone who's called to, uh, to do an, the ordained ministry, to, uh, to celebrate the sacraments and to serve the larger church. Whereas uh, someone who stays a brother will have the same habit, but will work um, in, in ways more behind the scenes. So they're both under the same vows and same rules, but they just exercise their, a brother and a father will exercise their ministry differently. So they could have uh, both the evangelical councils, in other words, the priest and the brother. Uh, that's that's right. That's correct. That we have, um, we can have a, we practice the evangelical councils together, and as Benedictine monks, we make a, additional vows to um, stability and conversatio morum, which means basically conversion of life or fidelity to the monastic life. So we take additional vows to the evangelical councils. That is very interesting. So what uh, you're 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 in seminary college, I assume, for the diocese of Davenport, or the intention was there, or however it works. Um, 
what was it that attracted you to the monastic life after considering being a diocesan priest or brother or however you wanted to be yeah no that's a, a good question too um it, it really came down to i had done some time in parishes done different catechetical um ministries and uh just looking at both i felt that monastic life was more balanced more disciplined and i i needed that i mean diocesan priesthood is well it's a balanced vocation but you know, so much as, uh, you know, a diocesan priest has, um, you know, is always going to focus on the needs of um, the parish. And so there's a lot of uh, different activities with that. And that's good. It just, I felt more called to uh, the monastic balance of, of prayer and, and specific work. And it just was a lot of trial and error where I felt more at peace coming back to conception than working in parish life so just through a lot of um different experiences that i felt that monastic life was a better better fit for me and uh the diocese of davenport agreed to honor my request to for me to discern monastic life and then i was accepted into the the postulancy and then it, it all uh all flowed from there so did you be uh were you in your postulancy before you graduated or after you graduated Oh yeah, after I uh, graduated, yeah, I, I graduated in 20, uh, 2014 and then joined in uh, 2015. And and what's 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 that like? I mean, I'm sure it's a pretty big change to tell to you go from to tell your family that uh, yeah, I'm going to be a priest of the diocese to I'm going to live my life at Conception Abbey. Oh yeah, no, it's um it it, it when I told people I was joining the monastery, yeah, it was a surprise to a lot of people. Uh my parents were surprised, but they were um, very supportive. And yeah, it, it's one of those things you people never hear someone say, "Oh, you're joining a monastery." You know, it's like it's not a common vocation. So it uh, definitely was a surprise to people, but uh, a pleasant one, pleasant surprise. And your parents come visit you at Bennett Lake, I hear quite often. Uh, they do. They do. They come by when uh, they come by when they can. So, is the food better at Conception or Bennett Lake? <laughs> oh, I won't say about their they, they all have their strengths and weaknesses with ah. the, well I, the I can say for the good. times that I've been at Bennett Lake I thought the food was always pretty good so it's uh... <laughs> yeah you know, it, it's the best I've ever had to be honest it's very good <laughs> yeah it's good you know it's good for a retreat house to have pretty good food right you know I mean <laughs> what do you think Mike I mean uh, well Stretch always had good food right Mar Marytown oh, oh, yeah. Marytown's got good food yeah yes the they Hampshire's do have good food maybe, maybe I'm just missing out maybe I'm just you know lucky in going to all the retreat houses that have good food of course that's you know prayer you know you can't you can't pray very hard on an empty stomach unless it's lent so you know <laughs> so so 2014 you're 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 a postulate and you're on your way to now the to become a benedict monk, i assume that the the to be join the order the, the it's not a big difference between the the, the priesthood pass and the brother hat put hat pass right it's all the, the, the is it that the brotherhood Priesthood is more of a, a vocational change, but uh, in terms of joining the, the, the order, is that pretty much the same? Oh, you mean the, the process or the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. It is. There's, um, there's a process that all um, candidates go through. So there's... Entering the monastery, I interviewed with their vocations board a few times and wrote an autobiography, found references, and just explained why I felt called to the monastic life and, and they they accepted my application. In the seminary it's about the same, only you just you you write your autobiography differently. So somebody who's entering minor seminary writes an autobiography and says why they want to serve in the diocesan priesthood. For the monastery someone just writes and says, This is why I feel called for to be a, a monastic candidate. And so there's there's differences but they same process essentially just in a different format does the does conception have uh is it, it's a college seminary and welcome dave, dave is fine, has joined us we've had some connection issues uh brother matthew this is deacon dave um is conception a full seminary or is it just a college seminary would, would the priest go someplace else or would they stay on a conception for for uh for their seminary training oh uh, yes it's a uh, college seminary so 
after they graduate from uh, with their bachelor's in philosophy, they go on to uh, theology school or major seminary elsewhere. And so they would get their master's of divinity and parish training at a uh, other college. Okay, uh, that's good. So, um, so what what was it like to to uh, your your early experiences of of being a monk? I mean, it's uh, uh, quite quite different, I imagine. <laughs> mm. So so how how was how can you explain that to to our listening audience? Ah uh, yes yeah it's um yeah I want to say just it's not people often think of monastic life as a, a siesta. It's not a in it first I had to really get used to a, a longer prayer schedule. So in the seminary we'd pray just. Um, we pray lauds, mass, and and vespers together. In the monastery, we pray all the offices together. Uh, we have lectio divina period, so it's a very um, for someone who's new, it's a very intense prayer schedule. What we would call an orarium, uh, or our, our liturgy of the hours prayers. So that's challenging for someone who's new to it. So it's a very intense prayer schedule. Um, the work is balanced, but it still is. Um, there still is a lot of uh, physical demand to it, so a lot of new monks do a lot of physical labor, like uh, working in maintenance or working uh, outside on grounds crew in the summers. So there's, it is a lot to get used to in the sense that you have to learn how to prepare yourself for a longer day where you have so many set things. You have to pace yourself. You have to build up your stamina. So there's there's that, and there is a lot of. Um, a lot of discipline in the life, so it, you have to get used to, um, you know, you stay on campus. When you're in the monastery as a new monk, you stay on campus most of the time. You uh, you report to a superior more frequently. So there's a, a lot of just those um, practical things one has to get used to. But there's still also the, the joy in a monastery that um, you always have the sacraments nearby. You always have good spiritual directors and confessors nearby, so... It's a lot of graces of being so close to a faith community, but also preparing for the uh, just the the change in discipline. So, so you you get the discipline down, you, you you get into your routine, you get fully into conception, and then the abbot says, "I'm you, I'm going to send you to Wisconsin." How how big a shock of the system is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, no, I uh, never uh, never crossed your boss, you know, or you you get sent far away. Uh, for me, that was actually that was one of the assignments where I was more prepared for it because uh, our abbot had an interest in, and the community had an interest in, in preparing Benna Lake for uh, being kind of like our operating base where we can uh, carry our, our ministry here in this part of the, the the country. So, the abbot had been thinking about putting monks here. So, it, and we had talked about it on and off. So, I wasn't too surprised. He, that the preparation was in place, and if I would accept the assignment, I could go. And I said I was I was willing, and I came. So, so and, I was just say for our, for our listening audience, we should clarify: Bennett Lake was the was Bennett St. Benedict's Abbey, Abbey, and a couple of years ago, the Abbey, uh, because of vocations and and uh, the like, they became I don't know the official term for it. Matthew can correct me. Um, they became under the the uh, Conception Abbey in, in Missouri instead of their own abbey what they were so they had their own abbot and everything in in bennett lake and then when they become became under uh conception they became a priory not an abbey the sign still says abbey but they're actually a priory and they have a prior who reports to the abbot in conception i get that right matthew oh that's right that's uh right on the money we are um bennett lake became a dependent priory in 2014. 2014 so um, right. Which I was very happy about because you were always kind of worried that Bennett Lake might close, and and there was some rumors going around and things like that. But it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful property has has a beautiful uh, retreat center and property to walk around and and uh, of course the church and everything else and 
and uh, Benedictines have Mass at 5 p.m. every weekday. And uh, was it 11.30 on Saturday and 10.30 on Sunday, I believe. Um, so, uh, which is actually really good for for people who work full time, like like uh, like me, Mike. I don't know, you know, if you sleep in, you know, you can't go to the morning mass. You can go to the five o'clock mass in the afternoon <laughs> up, up up there. So, um, but did you expect it? You you kind of thought you'd end up at Bennett Lake at some point, Matthew? Uh, not at first, but when we um, a few years ago, we we started coming here more. So the possibility opened up uh, four or five years ago, and Abbot Benedict Neenan our, our abbot and superior would take the junior monks, which I was at the time, up here to Bennett Lake, and we'd do some work, and we worked with our monks here. And I loved its history. I loved the, the location. Like you said, it's just a very beautiful area, and there's a lot of faithful Catholics. So, yeah, it, it's something that really it came up in the last uh, four or five years. And and so it, it was something that I didn't, I didn't enter conception thinking of it, but... The idea really grew on me as, as time went on. Did, did you come up with Father Macario, or did you come up separately from him? Oh, yeah, we came up. Uh, I arrived a little before he did. He was on a parish assignment, and he, I came in in July of 2021, and he came in August. And But he had frequented uh, Bennett Lake as well, so we uh, we both have come to know the place before we uh, before we came. And uh, so now we have we have Brother Matthews there, Father Macario, and Father Daniel's there now. He came what last summer, somewhere around there. And we still have the uh, former abbot, right? That's still there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Abbot Edmund Boyce. Yeah, we have a four-person crew. So, is was there any difference between what Conception does as Benedictine and then what Saint Benedict's did? Did, did, did? Is there any difference in, in Abbot Edmund? Did, 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 was their style a little different, or how, did, how does that mesh? Uh, there are differences. Um, we all pray the Liturgy of the Hours, but um, Bennett Lake's uh, Office of Prayers was uh, simpler. Uh, with, with fewer people, they were simpler, and they um, had a simple but dignified liturgy. Um, we've uh, Now having more people here, we can add, um, we can sing more hymns and uh, do more, but... Really, it's just a more, um, I'd say, a subdued liturgy. Whereas Conception Abbey, we always have uh, we have organ at every prayer session, and we have more priests at mass. So we have the same life, just on a smaller scale, if you will. We list, you're uh, listening to Deacon's Roundtable on WSFI FM eighty eight point five. We're coming up on our first commercial break, Mike. And uh, we'll be back shortly with Brother Matthew from Bennett, St. Bennett's Abbey, St. Bennett's Priory in Bennett Lake, Wisconsin. Stay tuned. Taste and see the Lord is good. Drink from the cup of his forgiveness. Never mind where you have been before Everyone is welcome Open is his door So come to his table Leave your sins behind Open up your heart to him Seek and you will find And in the mystery Hi, I'm Ava Burke, a producer here at WSFI and a junior at Carmel Catholic High School. We are hoping to expand WSFI to reach up to 8 million people in the Chicagoland area. To help us reach this goal, please donate to WSFI Catholic Radio. WSFI has been a vital radio station with getting the word out to so many people. Many conversions have happened through WSFI, and it has brought countless people back to the church and into the faith. But we cannot expand without your financial help. Please take a moment now to make a donation and go to WSFICatholicRadio.org or mail your check to P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Thank you for your help in making this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity happen. 
Hello, this is Archbishop Blaise Supich, and I'm pleased to be here at the Pro-Life Rally, the March for Life here in Federal Plaza. And I've been asked the question, why is Catholic Radio important? Well, it's important because we need to get the word out. And more that we can broadcast widely the message of Jesus Christ, we really are doing the mission of the church. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Back on the Deacon's Roundtable here on WSFI 88.5 FM, AM 750 on your dial. And we are talking with Brother Matthew at from uh, St. Saint Benedict's Abbey, St. Benedict's... What, Brother Matthew, well, how should I be calling your place these days? <laughs> oh, yeah, just uh, Bennett Lake is good. We go by Bennett Lake or Bennett Lake. St. Benedict's Monastery. Either Either's good. One of my first uh, introductions to Bent Lake was uh, Deacon Davis joined us now. We've had a little uh, snafu on scheduling, but we got it all cleaned up now, and he's with us now. Uh, Dave used to tell me that he would do some of his retreats. His uh, deacons have to do an annual retreat, and he would do it at Bent Lake. Am I right, Dave? Yes, that was actually my favorite place for retreats. We just don't tell the archdiocese about that. But um, <laughs> Yeah, I used to look forward to – actually, the first retreat I had there was um, – I believe it was a brother Don who then ended actually being ordained a priest, and he ran a retreat on for a men's retreat, and it was uh, that was my first real introduction to Bennett Lake, and then for a good twenty years or so, I, that would be my uh, yearly retreat. I used to absolutely love it. Just you? Um, generally, yes. Um, but there were other retreats there for other groups, but. One of the benefits that I absolutely loved about going to Bennett Lake, it was a time to just fall into the prayer schedule of the uh, monks and priests there. And it was not having to deal with all the other stuff that you would generally have even at Stritchers, or I guess uh, St. Mary and Joseph at the moment. Um, and it was just a great getaway. There was none of the church politics that people would be discussing. It was just very peaceful. I got a chance to read a book, not be you know, interrupted. Um, I got to admit, getting uh, for the weekends it wasn't bad, but having the normal weekday schedule for prayers, I mean, as Brother Matthew said, I found that tough relative to, uh, you know, just picking up the bravery when you get a chance. To me, that was a big change. Is, are the public uh, generally welcome, Brother Matthew, to uh, to join the monks within their in the liturgy of the hours, or, or is, are they expected to do that by themselves? How does that work? Uh, yes, we um, we do invite guests to come if they if their schedule allows. Uh, we have a lot of uh, locals who uh, love to join us. So yeah, the the public is always welcome. And uh, uh, Deacon Dave, I'm glad you had a, a you have a close tie with us. We love to. Welcome deacons and priests in, and people who are ministering in the church, so that's always good. But yeah, we're, uh, yeah, our prayer schedule is always open to the to anyone who wants to come, so yeah, it's uh, something we love to share with people. So you talk Actually, I remember ahead, one of the big things that was a change, I forget who the abbot was at the time, but I came in there with my breviary, and I, um, he set up one of the breviaries, and he goes, well, here. I said, well, I have my breviary here. And I didn't realize that there were different breweries for the different orders. It was just so that was about thirty years ago, and it was like, oh, okay, I'm beginning to get educated. I just thought it was sort of funny at the time. How different are they? Um, the, the different psalms, um, different prayers, and um, the ones that uh, they had at the at the abbey at the time were in like a um, a ringed binder, and there was probably. Um, good for whatever season that they were dealing with. Um, and it was just, it was sort of the same prayer. Some of the readings were different. And I remember there was one discussion once 
um, with one of the prayers that there was, I forget where psalm it was, but it was, uh, there was some violence in the psalm, and I guess the community was debating whether they should use that psalm or not, because uh, some, there were quite a few lay people there, and would they be shocked by what was in, and they decided just to go with it. And, I, and they said, okay, yeah, I, guess I don't believe that was in the Roman breviary at all. At least I never remember read, reading it at all. Yeah. I, I know that psalm, yeah, it says, it, it curses Babylon and says, you know, <laughs> take Babylon's children and smash them on the rockets. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a hard psalm to read, but uh, we uh, include it because we want to, we include it in our psalms now because we want to uh, have the fullness of the psalms. But yeah, the the difference between the Roman breviary and the monastic breviary is that nowadays uh, priests pray on a, a four-week schedule so they're praying all the psalms in four weeks, whereas we're praying in two weeks. So we just we we place out the psalms a little differently, and so it, yeah, it's the same prayers, just in a uh, same psalms, but in a different schedule. So are you still getting up in the middle of the night like the the monks used to do, or have you changed that schedule around? Oh yeah, <laughs> we changed that. Yeah, Christians <laughs> still do that. <laughs> Carthusians get up twice in the night. We we uh we just get up a little early, so we're uh we're a little uh softer that way, you know. We're uh now, now I have a question for you, uh, brother. Uh, sure. I was just wondering because uh, Deacon Dave enjoyed uh, retreats there, and it looks like uh, Deacon Greg here knows very much about your order. Have there been any deacons who became monks? Uh, deacons, um, not that I know of, not in my monastery, um, I, I'm sure it happens. Uh, we do have people who have been married and then come in if they're, if they lose their spouse or they, or they annul their marriage. We're, what's more, more common is, is that we usually have, um, if someone comes in in holy orders, they come in as a priest. We've had that happen before where a Dawson priest will feel called to monastic life and then they join but for the most part um a permanent deacon entry is a that's a bit rare but i'm, I'm sure it happens you you planning on that should i tell your wife mike <laughs> that <you're>, uh... <laughs> they don't take the wife i'm sorry <laughs> but uh, i i do notice uh, brother that uh, a lot of the books out there on benedicting spirituality which we, we plan on talking a little bit later in the show are written by a lot of episcopal uh background people and i was wondering is conception are, when are the benedictines there would they just be catholic or will they open up to other christians as well to, to the to that how's that work oh we do have um an affiliation with different denominations so we have a third order called our oblates and we've taken in oblates who were of a different denomination we've taken in or not taken in but we've welcomed episcopalians uh, and other, sometimes Lutherans and Anglicans. So we have that that opening, but we to join the to actually become a full fledged monk. We 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 do only take um, Catholic men in in our monastery. But the third order is open to any any Christian who who feels a call to to Benedictine spirituality. So uh, as Mike was saying, you know some of the activities Bennett Lake for over. The last couple of years wasn't doing a lot of programs now, and that has changed since uh, Brother Matthew and Father Macario and uh, Father Daniel are up there now. Uh, Brother Matthew, would like to highlight some of the programs that you have going on at the at the at the, uh, the Abbey right now. Oh, absolutely! Thank you. Um, that's a great opportunity because uh, we love to share our ministries. We like to grow what ministries we have. We have a retreat program which um, we welcome in different types of retreats from sobriety programs to um, Kairos, which is a Catholic youth program. Uh, we monks um, direct retreats a couple times a month. We have a, uh, we do day retreats um, at the beginning of the month. Uh, we have a, something called a faith formation series, which we've started. So we're just putting a lot of our own retreats together We've done that for about a, a year, and we're we're attempting to grow that uh, grow that program. Uh, last year, we had 
something about 2,100 guests came to our programs in total. And the retreats that we monks led, we had about 190 attendances. So our program's growing very well, which is a blessing. So um, I was just going to highlight that for, for our listeners, that when, he, when Brother Matthew talks about the day retreats, um, there are currently on, on the schedule for 2023, once a month, there's a, uh, know, a teaching retreat of some sort, different audiences with Brother Matthew and uh, Father uh, Daniel. And then each, uh, also for another weekend, there's also the uh, Saturday with the Saint that Father, that Brother Matthew can elaborate on at this. And then uh, they're currently doing a series during Lent on Thursday nights. Uh, they were planning on a, Lenten, a retreat in the beginning of Lent that didn't go through, but there's one in in, in November for uh, that are open for both men and women. Um, how'd you come up with the topics for these different uh, day retreats that you've done? Uh, sure. Um, a lot of it responds to uh, it's just responding to the season. So we 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 made a lot of retreats off of the liturgical season. Um, uh, our faith formation series is based on the one we're doing right now is based on Lent. So we have one night talking about prayer, one night talking about almsgiving, and one night talking about fasting and and Lent in general. So we we like to focus on the liturgical themes. And Saturday with the Saints is a uh, something I wanted to put together just to talk about the lives of the Saints because I always feel like the Saints don't get enough attention that they have so much wealth that they bring to the church so I really wanted to focus on a retreat for them or to focus on on them and so that's been going that's smaller but we've gotten a good response there so the idea is just to touch on um, a lot of different topics that could be good retreat material and just to see if uh, how well they people respond to them are those dates on the Abbey website or where, where do our listeners uh, get those dates for those different programs uh, yes, we um, send out, uh, we don't have it on our website as of yet. We're going to put up the schedule very soon. Um, we send out those, we have a general email list, and I send out those um, schedules to our parishes and to to uh, people we've had on retreat already. Um, if someone would like the schedule, um, we're just really starting, so um, we're just slowly growing. But if anyone wants to request a retreat schedule, they can call us. Um, they can call me at a. Uh, uh, they can call our number and call our retreat director at at, at, at uh, Ascension One Hundred Five. So, if anyone isn't on our mailing list, we'd love to, you know, have you call and we can strike up a conversation and welcome you into the group. So we we definitely have many different ways that people can come into the fold and partake of our retreats. Maybe we can get it on the WSFI website as well for uh, for going through that. Yeah, that would be neat. Because, you know, WSFI yeah. uh, had their offices at Bennett Lake for a while. Uh, Angela, Angela was telling us that uh, when they were, before they came here down in Libertyville, they were at Bennett Lake because uh, they, ha they had some space. The property has, they have the big old printery house. That, is that, is the, is the house that was the, where the printing, is that still active or is that just a warehouse now or what's, that, what's going on there? Ah uh, yes, the um, the printing house uh, is a. It's now just a warehouse. There was a time it was called Our Faith Press, and it printed a lot of uh, different pamphlets for Catholic catechesis and church uh, teaching. And so that's open. Well, it's uh, no, sorry, it was open. Now it's uh, just a warehouse. But yeah, the building's still there, so it's a major part of of the history here. It uh, it ran for about five decades as a printing house, so it had a quite a long history. Of course, Conception has a pretty big print printing operation as well, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we um print a lot of cards and pamphlets through our um uh, our printing house. So Matthew, uh, one of the things that uh, was at Bennett Lake was the uh, alternative school, I believe, on the front end of the campus. Is that is that still in existence? That there were, I don't know if it was leased to the community or, or that, but it was the children that who were at, at risk and at the front. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it, there's called um, Allendale. And like you said, it was at-risk um, students. Um, unfortunately, they had to close because they, they didn't, the, the state didn't renew their lease. Okay. We actually have a new ministry there now. It's called um, Matthias Academy. Oh, oh, okay. I actually know a couple of your students. Oh my gosh! Wow! Oh wow! Yeah, it's a beautiful ministry. It's ministry for um, uh, for adults with um, special needs. Yep. Yeah. It's. Uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. One of the other things that um, so since then uh, the I moved from the diocese of Chicago to Knoxville. Uh, upon my retirement from my regular job. One of the things that I used to love about going to Bennett Lake was getting spiritual direction on occasions of just being able to talk to someone in the community and say, okay, put my mind at ease, uh, you know, help me work through some different issues. And I was just wondering if the community was still able to offer that with such a low level of personnel at the moment. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, we, we do from, from time to time. We have... Um several monks who offer um, confessions and also spiritual direction. So uh, we offer that as needed. Um, we don't have many who do, but we we still, um, uh, yeah, many of our, our people are really happy to, to offer that ministry as needed. So it, it's definitely there. It's just, uh, it's more low key now. Okay. So, so what program is, is not there yet, but you want to see started up in the near future? Oh gosh, that's the thing. It's like there's so many, so many we would uh, love to do. Um, we definitely want to re reach more people. That we have a, a very, our ministry is growing, but we we definitely want to reach more people. Um, oh yeah, I'd love to have more. Um, like if we could uh, make more uh, connections with the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and the Archdiocese of Chicago and. Wisconsin Diocese, we'd love to host on more of the programs, be it clergy days or more Catholic school programs or uh, other retreats that need to be offered. Yeah, anything that that supports the church, we, we really want to grow. Just It sounds like Mike wants to do a Deacon Brother program. Is that what uh, <laughs> going through there? Uh, yeah, I, I've I've actually uh, I mean, I, you guys have been really good about reaching out to some of the local parishes and, and getting the information out. I think you know the key is we got to get the wider net into the wider mm -hmm. net going through there and uh, get people talking some of the uh, the different programs because it is it is such a neat facility. And uh, um, well, Dave will have to talk about the the uh, how it is as a retreat center. I've never I've been there for the day retreats, but I've never actually been on retreat there. The swimming pool is gone, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. We still have the lake, though. <laughs> any, any plans to dig out the pool again and make it uh, make, make it work? Uh, there's a hot tub, but it's only for bugs. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we're coming up on our second break here on the Deacons Roundtable. We're talking with Brother Matthew at Saint Bennett at Bennett Lake uh, uh, Abbey, the Benedictine Abbey up in, in uh, Bennett Lake, Wisconsin, as part of the Conception. Abbey in Conception, Missouri, uh, and we are going to be back shortly after a few announcements. From the cup of his forgiveness. Never mind where you have been before. Everyone is welcome. Open is his door. So come to his table. Leave your sins behind. Open up your Hello, this is Brian. I'm a volunteer here at WSFI Catholic Radio. I'm reaching out, letting you know why our expansion throughout the Chicagoland area is so vitally important to the new communities that we will be reaching. God has many tools of reaching individuals and bringing them to conversion. I believe Catholic Radio is one of the biggest tools God uses. One never knows who is listening and just who we will be reaching through the airways, whether it be bringing people back to Jesus and their faith or bringing people to meet Jesus for the first time. Catholic Radio is the key to evangelization. 
Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. My name is Father Dominic Pelusi. I'm a member of the Priests of the Sacred Heart. I have been ordained for 41 years. St. Paul tells us, how shall they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe unless they have heard of him? And how can they hear unless there is someone to preach? We have the opportunity for Catholic Radio to do exactly that, to bring the Word of God into our houses, but more importantly, into our hearts. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Thank you for joining us again. We continue here on the Deacon's Roundtable on WSFI 88.5 on your FM dial, AM 750. We're talking with Brother Matthew uh, from Saint, from Bennett Lake uh, Monastery up in Bennett Lake, Wisconsin. And Dave, you wanted to jump in. Yeah, Brother, I was just going to be talking about uh, spirituality, but before we begin with that, it's just uh, a joke that has been around forever about uh, a group of different priests different orders are there at a uh, Austin Parish, and the light goes out. And with that, the Benedictines uh, were able to continue the prayers by memory. The Franciscans were hemming and hawing. The Jesuits debated whether there was even an obligation to to do the prayers anymore. And the Austin priests went down and changed the light bulb. So one of the things that I was always truly impressed with on the Benedictine spirituality is, and I was actually jealous of this, how much the prayer life was incorporated into their personal lives and how you could tell by the way that the prayers were said by some of the different monks and priests that it was just part of them. It wasn't just reading or going through an obligation. It was who they were. And so if you could, uh, I guess, jump in and where, how that, that spirituality that the Benedict, Benedictines has is able to achieve that sort of ability to be one with prayer. Uh, yeah, that's a, I've heard that joke. It's a good one. But our, our prayer is so much at the, it, it's something we put in the center of everything we do. So for us, um, if we're not putting our prayer first, we're like a fish out of water. We just uh, we value it so much. Um, that doesn't mean we don't do you know work as needed. I mean, we have uh, priests who do parish work. We have monks who do a lot of business work. But the the whole idea, especially in the rule of Saint Benedict, is that at different times we prioritize prayer. So uh, that's the thing is that if you're not praying constantly. In Benedictine spirituality, we believe that you know you you lose your sense of God's presence. So that's why we we prioritize what Saint Benedict called the Opus Dei, the work of God. We prioritize those different set times for prayer, so that that always is front and center. So we have our different jobs, we have our different 
personal devotions. It's kind of like a clock, and the clock doesn't keep turning unless we've you know put in that prayer time. You know, you know, Matthew, I was introduced to spirituality from, from Ignatius, and, and we've talked about this before, and I'm always amazed as I've been reading Benedictine spirituality how similar they are. They're very different, but they're very similar, I mean, the way they put it. Is, is that because the spirituality is similar? Is it because the rule of Benedict came first, or how do, how do you see the, the uh, you know, the, there was the Benedictines and the rule of St. Benedict, but then we had Franciscans, Dominicans, and, and Jesuits, and Augustinians, and stuff. Do you, do you guys see yourself as the uh, the grandfather of, of all these spiritualities, or how, how do you look at it? Yeah, we see ourselves as the uh, we would see, see ourselves as the first ones to really take the ball and run with it. Um, that's the thing is that so many of those spiritualities they emphasize different things, but they really um, all have so much in common. It just depends on what your experience is and what you feel called to. Um, if you read the Rule of St. Benedict and you read about St. Ignatius of Loyola, they both were idealists. They both had high spiritual and uh, human ideals. Just uh, St. Ignatius was really outgoing. He was more focused on spreading the word of God by his act of preaching. And St. Benedict was more focused on the uh, contemplative element of Christian life. So. I'd say they, 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 those spiritualities agree so much because, um, yeah, they're just, Benedict and Ignatius were both idealists, and you have that. Now, I can never, as, as a devoted Benedictine, I can never praise the Jesuits publicly. That's, (laughs) (laughs) some days it's hard for me too, but. I tell you, this is a tough crowd, a tough crowd. <laughs> but but it is true. It's just, uh, you know, it's if you like baseball, it, it's kind of like the same thing. Like uh, we Benedictines play shortstop, and the Jesuits really are the heavy hitters. You know, they they really have had a, a great body of, of ministry, of spiritual work for the last 500 years. And Benedictines take a more unknown role, but we... You know, we're all playing in the same game, even though we have different positions. So your, your, your spirituality, if I'm correct, revolves around the rule of St. Benedict, and that was written for monks. And, and I know it's very popular today to try to, to take the rule and show how it worked for people who aren't monks in, in, in the other vocations. Is that a new thing, or was that kind of always an intent, or how, how'd that come about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really think it's a the idea of making it more accessible, making the rule of St. Benedict more accessible, that's a newer thing, that's a newer movement. Uh, now, there have been different types of monasteries for a long time, and so I think really the the focus for so long was on different types of monastic vocations and how to live monastic life and in balance with um, the rest of the church. So the emphasis on making it, you know, uh, making it applicable to everyday life or used in everyday life, that's more of a new movement. It's a good one. I think it's great that we can share our spirituality and share the rule. But I I really do think that for the longest time, it's just been, uh, focus was always on monasteries. Like uh, there was Cluny a thousand years ago. That was a new type of Benedictine life. The Cistercians reformed the Benedictines, and then the Trappists came along later. So there's been so many, you know, spins of the wheel to just make monastic life present in the world. And this time around, it, the focus is on the is on the lay initiative, and I think it's a very um, very good thing. But yeah, it's, it's relatively new and in the grand scheme of, of things. And for our listeners, what we're talking here is like the Benedictine vow of stability, which is to you know stay with the Abbey, is, is also uh, called for like Mike and I and Dave and everyone else to be stable in our situation, stable in our families, stable in our commitments, don't run around to different aspects. So that's how the spirituality has been, been broadened for, for, for looking at that. And of course, there's also that way for, and for Brother Matthew, I don't know if you want to talk to how obedience is looked at for outside or, or the conversarial morum is, is a little bit uh, 
um, can be can be taken into a lay vocation. Oh sure, yeah. Um, obedience really for any person, you know, for monks it's very simple. We are obedient to our community, obedient to our abbot and our leaders. But it it really comes down to fidelity. So uh, you know, in the married life. A spouse is is o- obedient to the demands of the married life, uh, and conversatio can be translated as fidelity to monastic life. But I think it can flow into to all life. So, you want a a good Christian spouse should be faithful and stable in their life and obedient to what they're called to do in life. So there's definitely a crossover in the sense that. Those virtues aren't just monastic qualities, you know, they can really uh, help anyone in their life. So if someone needs to remember, you know, their their vows, their married vows or their uh, Christian vows, those virtues can really help them if they use them just to reflect on their own life and see what, they're, uh, what they need to do, what they're called to do. What, what ministries then uh, does this take the person towards? How is this expressed in terms of service to the church? Oh, sorry, did you say to the church? Yes, to, to, to the people of God, yes. Okay, sure. Um, well, in, in general, I really think that monastic life can be uh, a good example for people in our society because it just is so counter to... You know, we live in a busy world. We live in a time where people don't stay committed. They don't value commitment as much as they used to. I think it's one of the reasons that Thomas Merton was so popular because his uh, his writings and his monastic values really were a a light for a lot of people because they yeah they just really counteract so many of the things that uh, our society struggles with. So I think it's it's countercultural. So I think monastic values can be countercultural to the the modern world, and it's a challenge for us monks as well to always be as faithful to our vocation as we can, and and not to give in to you know we don't want to run our organizations like businesses. We want to treat them with um, with Christian values and monastic values as well. Is the rule of Saint Benedict? treated as a reference book is it something that you will you're asked to read every so often a reference to how, how does that work in terms of of, of a spirituality uh, yeah that's good um, because it's good to say that because it is a reference um, back at conception we have a reading from the rule of Saint Benedict at every after every dinner we have someone who has a microphone and they read during the common meals, and we hear the rule of Saint Benedict read every day. And the idea is, the rule of Saint Benedict can't be interpreted literally, in all cases. And Saint Benedict knew that he, he always he said in different places in the rule that, uh, things could be changed based on local conditions and, and the needs of the people at the time. So it's. The rule of Saint Benedict is important, but we don't, you know, we, we read it with uh, the lens that it was written at a specific point in time and meant to be a guide later on. Isn't it? You know, we don't take it word for word on everything. It's got a great section uh, on humility, though, doesn't it? Uh, that yes, twelve steps of humility. It's amazing. <laughs> I like it. One of the things. If, oh. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, Dave. One of the things that. Uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's more canon law per se. It like follows the spirit of the law uh, versus the letter of the law, where people are more used to in the United States, and following that to get closer to God. I mean, if your end goal is to get closer to God, and how you're approaching it like that. Uh, well, right. That's important. That we have. Um, well, no, I think that's exactly right. That. The spirit of the law, we look at what was intended, like what St. Benedict intended at the time, and we carry it over today. Um, we have, uh, you know, we have specific 
we have what we call a customary, a set of rules that we follow as monks. So each monastery, including Conception Abbey, has its own uh, code of conduct in the customary, which just says what monks can and cannot do and how they should uh, act. And so we, um, that is true, we follow the spirit of law, but I, I don't want to understate it that we do have, as monks, we do have specific guidelines or specific rules we follow. But that's absolutely right, you know, learning from the spirit of the law and how we can carry over, you know, those beautiful treasures of St. Benedict into our time now, that's always good to, to keep front and center because things do change. And we don't want to be literalists that we just follow everything as he wrote them 1,500 years ago. We have to take his best values and bring them into the center in our own uh, lived situation. I like that. I, I, I mean, in, in given our culture today, uh, when, when I hear the word monk, when I hear the word uh, abbey, or it, it, it seems to me to be a reminder, a good reminder for all people to know that uh, the church is there and uh, there's a reason for the church to be around. One of the questions I have uh, in my head is the third order, okay, how, what exactly do they do and how different are they from, say, the, the other third orders of, of St. Francis or the others? How, is, how does that go for, for, your, uh, for your group? Yes, um, well, yes, uh, for us, they are asked to live, oblates are asked to live in the greater context of the world. We encourage them to pray the Liturgy of the Hours and to, to pray Lexio Divina, which is our own special um, prayer practice. But they, um, the, one of the things we encourage them to keep going is that our oblates meet in, in chapters or groups, and we encourage them to highlight their community life and to be faithful to it, because that's one of our major, um, as Benedictines, that's one of our major facets is that we emphasize community life very heavily, so we, we just encourage them to take those values and practices into their daily lives. And what's, what's, the, what's that entail? What, is that a, a two-year commitment or a four-year, three-year, 20-year? <laughs> uh, forever, forever. Um, they, they do take some kind, they do take some kind of vow or promise, well, there's don't a they? There's a training vow, you know, yeah. obviously. Right, yeah, there's a one-year novitiate. They do one-year novitiate where they meet with their chapter once a month or so forth. It's a one-year novitiate, and then they make what's called final oblation. And an oblation is a offering to God, so their version of um, making vows is to make one oblation, and then they make that for life. And So it's a one-year training commitment, mm -hmm. and then it's a lifelong oblation. We're talking with uh, Brother Matthew at uh, Bennett Lake Abbey up in Bennett Lake, Wisconsin, on WSFI FM 88.5, AM 750. And, if Brother Matthew, if people want to learn more about the Abbey, what's going on at the Abbey, do, what's the website people should check, or what, what, how should people find out more about the Abbey? Uh, yes, uh, uh, I'd say two websites. Um, there's one for us specifically, um, BennettLake.org. And for Conception Abbey, we have a lot of uh, beautiful faith material there. It's www.conception.edu. Uh, it's in honor of the, our Abbey is named in the honor of the Immaculate Conception. And you just take misconception, take off MIS, and then you have it. www.misconception.edu <laughs> minus miss, and then you, you have it. And how, how many monks are, are uh, currently at, in Conception? Uh, Conception has roughly 50 altogether. There's 45 or so at the Abbey. And with our missions all around, it's uh, about 50, 55. Well, we certainly pray for the Lord to uh, increase vocations, not only for the diocesan priesthood, but also for religious life, for our Benedictines, our Dominicans, our Augustinians, uh, all the different orders. Thank you, Brother Matthew, for joining us here on WSFI. We know you have to... Uh, get going here and we appreciate your time and Mike you want to send us with a prayer Lord thank you for uh, this uh, uh, gathering and discussion and uh, understanding that there are still people who live uh, solely for you 
24-7. And we ask for your blessing for us and for all our listeners. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.